as we have been doing the last three weeks of how the Holy Spirit has worked through you guys. It's a privilege to see. It's a privilege to see how you greet people, how you invest in people. So, praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, we're actually going to talk about Matthew. Because we're still in the sermon series in Matthew. Now, I'm not going to be here next week. And there's going to be way more pictures and way more parables. So, Mario's going to do that. Because that's obviously going to be my... What do you call it? Uh, what is it called? It's probably not... Well, we'll get there. About parables. What are they? What are they going to do? How, what are we going to learn? And most sometimes people are just going to be confused. Uh, today we're, uh, we're, we're in luck because Jesus is going to explain and say what it means. <laughs> so we don't have to, we have to be worried. Um, hello, can I get my uh, notes back? Yes, thank you. Um, but I, ti- I, did, I did title it, Do We Have a Heart That Can Hear? So maybe that's a little counterintuitive. Miles was like, hey, why do you have ears? It's like so you can hear. Um, but we're going to learn a little bit about um, that what hinders us from hearing is the condition of our heart. And again, in Greek and Hebrew, the, 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 the heart is the soul tum, total sum of who we are. Um, do, we have a, do we have a disposition where we actually want to hear? Or if you remember, we're in the middle of a... And I'm going to say at some point it's going to be a long day for Jesus, and maybe it wasn't really a long day, but we've taken three weeks to go through this uh, <laughs> through this one conversation. Uh, and Jesus is still in the conversation when he gets interrupted by his family. Um, and, and then we go into the parable. And Jesus is going to teach about it. But he's just... I think... I'm I'm learning a little more of how important it is to read things in context. I I knew that of course that's important, but a lot of times sometimes the meaning comes out of where we are. And so even as we're going to read this uh today just know where we're from. Like he's been accused of all these things and he's been refuting the the Pharisees and he warned them greatly last week that they were like a generation that weren't listening and he's going to do the same thing in today. Um, but let's, uh, let's read together from, uh, uh, from 12, 36, 46 uh, through uh, 13, 23. While well, he was still, still speaking, to the people, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside, asking to speak with him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother, and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards the disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, from whom ever, whomever does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. The same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered around him, so that he got into the boat and sat down. And while the, and the whole crowd stood on the beach, 
And he told them many things in parables, saying, A soul went out to sow, and as he had sown, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. All the seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, and since they had no depth of soil, but they went, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, and some sixty, and some thirty. He who has an ear, let him hear. Then he came to... Oh, thank you. Then he came, Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it's been given to, to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But the, from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy, prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, saying, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For the people's hearts have grown dull, and with their ears they can't barely hear. And their eyes they they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are you, for your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in the heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives his joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tri- tribulation or persecution arises account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, and another thirty. Amen. Just a just a short note on the last part where Jesus talks about a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. And uh, that's that's like an extreme crop. Like, because I'm not a farmer, so I don't understand that. But I was listening or reading something, and it said like a tenfold 
that would be amazing harvest. So Jesus is really talking about an ex- extremely great harvest. But let's go back, <laughs> and I, I think this is a this is a funny passage. And Mark, like, acts a, 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 he adds a little bit Mark to it, um, and he says, <laughs> "Just imagine, like, Jesus, he's in the middle of refuting the Pharisees, and then a guy, I don't know if the guy just like comes up and pokes him on the shoulder. Hey, your your family's outside. They would like to talk to you." It's like, I'm in the middle of working here. It's not like, can you, like... So I was just thinking to myself, like, how many of your parents have done that to you when you were working? They just showed up at your work. You were standing outside. See, none of you has happened. But they did. Mark says Mark says that the, they kind of thought Jesus was a little bit... Uh, he'd kind of gone on the rails. Because it didn't... At this point in time, his uh, his family don't believe Jesus is who he says he is. That happens after the resurrection. So they directly, in some sense, Mark says they are coming there to like try to wheel him back in with all the things that he's saying. And then like there was this, <laughs> I was reading, which I, sometimes it's helpful to read commentaries because I didn't see that part. But imagine they're in a they're in a space in a room in a house. And they're standing outside, and there's so many people, I'm guessing, so they can't get in. And the disciples are sitting there on the floor, and Jesus, he, he, what he says is so offensive for the culture. But we're going to look at that a little bit later. But he says, like, yeah, you say my mom's outside and my brother's. But these, in, the, in a gesture, he uses his hands. He points to them. These my disciples. These are the people that does the will of God. They're my family. And the guy said, it's a, it looks a lot like uh, eyewitness testimony because he said like he did this with his hand. I just thought it was, I just thought it was good. Um, but it, but it, it goes towards like, what's Jesus really getting at? At this point in time, his family has no idea what he's doing. They don't believe. They're coming to drag him away and instead he says to the people who kind of understand some of who he is and does the will of God, you, we've seen them we've seen them bet their lives on him. We've seen them leave the, behind their life to come follow. We also, like, we kind of know they don't know everything, but they, they've responded to what they know and they've tried to do what they can with what understanding they have. So, and I was, as we were just talking about today also, like why, why is that we can come to a whole new country and we can feel more welcome than we do in our family's house? That's because we're already family. That's because we're in the family of God together. And so I don't know about you, and I don't know, I don't think my parents are watching, but sometimes 
or other, other members of my family. But there's sometimes you have way more in common with people who are living actively for the same thing. So my life, I believe that the Lord has called us to work with internationals. So people who get that, we just, we just get each other. This is what my life is about. And other people will be like, I don't get it. Why would you do that? Okay, but then I, not to be offensive, but I just don't feel as understood or welcome there. But, but that's what Jesus is talking about. Like, when we are among people who love and serve God together, and we are on the mission together, we get each other in a different way that we don't with other people. He's also clear about saying that, well, this is also a beautiful, beautiful invitation. So he's just been in this battle with the scribes and the Pharisees, and they, they don't want to believe. And we heard how he's like trying to lead them in all the time. Saying, this is like, do this. Like, there's somebody who's greater than Jonah, somebody's greater than Solomon's here. So they keep inviting him, and now he invites them even more and saying, yeah, you say my family, but the people that's my family is a people that does the will of God. It's also an invitation. You can be part of this family if you will hear, if you will see. So even Jesus is again sharing the gospel, the good news there, and saying, you can be part of the family if you stop living for your own kingdom and come living for the kingdom of God. And yeah, I just, that's the one. I, yeah, I keep saying it. Week. That's one of the things that really overwhelmed me was how much Jesus keeps sharing, like sharing. Come on, turn back to God. There is hope. You can stop living for yourself and live for God. That's also why it is a paradox today, because what what is it that we're going to see now? it takes a turn in Matthew and now Jesus begins to t- teach in parables where these discussions have been very open about what Jesus thinks. He's, it doesn't seem like he's been veiling much. Like the whole Sermon of the Mount and the other teaching he had before this, the, his miracles, it doesn't seem to be much veiled. If we re- 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 uh, read Mark's account, Jesus all the time says, don't share, don't share, don't share, don't share. Like the Christ mystery that you kind of have to you have to under, you have to investigate who Christ is. It's not this easy. But now it takes a little bit of a turn, and this is when I talked about saying that it was a it was a long day, because the same day, Jesus goes from this conversation he's been in, he goes down to the water, maybe just to enjoy the seaside of the Sea of Galilee. But within a long, <laughs> but within a short amount of time, a lot of people gather. And then instead of being crushed and so people can't hear, he goes into the boat and he sits in the boat and he teaches. And then he starts teaching parables. Maybe it's like, guys, I've told you already. And then he starts sharing the parable that we that we we saw in the mo- the saw in the little video and 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 uh, and like with the parables it's not always obvious for his hearers what he means. And, and sometimes, also what I said before, like the mystery of Christ. It's not mystic like Eastern mysticism. Mystery in the Bible is something that God can help us uncover. 
it's not something like this is impo- this is impo- impossible to know God. And there's no mystery in God, but God can uncover that. And it's not like you have to sit with dice or something else and then figure it out. No, it's like the Holy Spirit can reveal these things to us. But yes, it still does seem like a slight contradiction, and I think that's why it's really interesting what the disciples ask him. They come and ask him, Jesus, I pray, and they don't say they don't understand it, but I think they don't understand it because we're going to see that later that they don't understand the parables either. Um, <laughs> so they come to Jesus and be like, uh, not not because we don't know, but uh, <laughs> we don't think the other people don't know. <laughs> and, no, they don't say that, but they they are curious about like why do you why did you start using well, why did you start using parables now? Uh, and also like if they're thinking this is this is speculation, like if they're thinking that Jesus is going to be. Uh, a gathering, a big gathering, and a big following, setting himself up in a kingdom. It's really not so smart, like PR-wise, to to speak in a way people don't understand. Like he, if he's trying to gather a crowd, like why wouldn't he just say things right out instead of like these metaphorical things? And so our parable is kind of like a, it's a short story about something familiar where there's a teaching about something spiritual as well. As you're going to see, it's going to be about the kingdom of heaven. Matthew uses heaven instead of God. There's all sorts of discussions why. This is because he's a Jew, so he doesn't want to say Jehovah, but uh, this one we. But we can... Uh, not the point today. So we can move on. The kingdom of heaven. So, so we have these... So we have this interaction with Jesus and the crowd where he starts speaking this way. The people are confused. Disciples are confused. I'm slightly confused as well. Like, Jesus, why are you doing this? And I I was just thinking about... He had just called them an evil, uh, evil and adulterous generation last time. And now he's drawing a parallel to to people in Isaiah's time that was also an adulterous and evil generation that kept not wanting to do the will of God. They said they did, but they didn't because they went after other gods and they did not worship God and they were evil to the poor and all sorts of other things. A lot of injustice. And even though God sent Isaiah and many other prophets, they treated them terribly because they didn't want to hear the, the word of God. And so that's why we have this this uh, quote from Isaiah. And, 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 and Jesus uses that because he's saying that this generation's hearts are dull. And that's also why he will teach these parables. That they will get the chance to hear they, but they really don't want to hear. And he'll speak to them. But they won't see. And then we have this contrast to, because what about the disciples? He, there's this huge contrast between the, the hearers that don't want to hear and then the disciples. And Jesus already said, like, it's been given to you that you would know. And then in 16 he says this, like, he says this amazing thing that 
what the disciples are experiencing is what Isaiah, is what Amos, is what all the prophets were looking for. They were longing to see what the disciples are seeing. Because because that's who they were talking about. Isaiah was talking about that although they were an adulterous and horrible generation, God was still going to do something through the suffering servant. And he, and he couldn't see it. Isaiah couldn't see it. The other prophets couldn't see it, but they saw it from far away, but they didn't see it, but they longed to see it. And Jesus is saying to you guys, you came in God's perfect timing. You got born to see how God was going to bring this about. Your eyes can see and they can hear what a lot of people or the righteous people and the prophets had longed to see. So God, Jesus is even saying, what you are living is really amazing that you can see this. And like the parable of the sower, did was it because the disciples were really good that they could see? Was it because they tried really hard to have good eyesight? Or tried really good to hear well? Or tried really good to change their own hearts? Or was it because they met Jesus and he made it possible for them to see also in Peter's confession Jesus says you did not come up with this God showed you who I am so when we're going to talk about just a short a little bit about the parable and the different <laughs> So it's, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, fi- I find it slightly scary. Because I've seen this thing happen. You've seen this also probably. You've seen the people, f- family members, friends, we just Marta, Marta and Michael at the party, uh, preaching and sharing the good news. And people listening but maybe the devil came and took it away. So every time the good news about Jesus and about the kingdom of heaven is shared, there's a real enemy that comes and takes that away from people if their hearts can't receive. So I'm pretty sure most of you have experienced that because you've shared or other people have shared with people that you love and you just want them to know. You want them to see. You want them to hear. But like some other person said, <laughs> it doesn't help yelling yelling at a deaf person. It's not going to make them hear. Yelling at a blind man will not make them see. Then, then we have the other, other one where you have seen people, maybe you've seen people, they're so excited about Jesus, they just heard about Jesus, they're so excited. And then after maybe a half a year, a year, something, <laughs> something comes to a, it could be a tragedy, but it could also be 
as simple as they are asked to change. Like if you want to follow Jesus, you, you like their their hearts are confronted with like you have to change, or people ridicule them for their faith, or and then they fall. They don't fall. They were so excited, but they they stopped. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure most of you have seen that as well. And then the one I found the most creepy or weird uh, is the one where it seems like everything's going well. Like people seem to be growing, seem to have committed their lives all the way to Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, and these thistles come and kill the plant. And I don't know about you, but maybe that's where we can find ourselves sometimes in the, or at least we feel the pressure of this one. Because we, just Maya, like Maya said, we feel the pressures of the world. We, pre- we, feel, we feel the worries and concerns. But it can also be found in a way where it crushes everything. And the faith is unfruitful. I think why it's not a why it's not a totally scary horror story that Jesus is talking about is because of the hope, the grace and the mercy that lies in the end. That an abundance, extreme abundance, I don't know if there's something called extreme abundance, can come from the soil that bears good fruit. 30, 60, 100 times more. And it's, an inv- and it's all of it is an invitation. You say it's a veiled invitation where people who don't want to hear, they will not hear. But the people who don't have dull hearts can hear and turn to God. And I think it makes actually a really good sense maybe of your experience. I don't know if you're totally new or or not a believer. It might not make total sense what Jesus is saying. But at least it does make a lot of sense sometimes to what I've experienced. Like saying people say, they say something about their commitment to Jesus and then it's not really there. And then, but I've also seen the opposite. I've seen the people who bear 30 and 60 and 100. But I think we can also sympathize because we were all blind. We all had ears where we didn't hear. But we're also, as we've seen Jesus done all the time in Matthew, is it is a constant call to come and be a part, to return from our own kingdom and live it for God's kingdom.
so just as we're wrapping up uh, there's two things which one I should have said in the beginning um, and these two things I've said pretty many times before uh, I think at least I have sometimes there's a lot of things in my head I think I've said a lot of times and I haven't my wife reminds me about um, but one of them is uh, like you're out there you're unbeliever you're in here um, and it's just a short recap about like who you are because Jesus is talking about who's family that's core identity and in our identity I have raved on about identity can never be achieved it has to be given so no matter how hard you work for some identity it can always be taken away from you it cannot if it's been given and so whether you believe or not you have been given an identity because you're made in the image of God that's why you have value, dignity, and worth that's why all people have so that's where your identity comes not in whatever you make it yourself because all those things can be taken away Jesus is asking inviting for something way more that identity would be rooted in becoming a family member a child of God those identities are unshakable and unrockable they cannot fall they cannot they cannot be taken away so all is one some are the second one but it takes a soft heart ears to hear and eyes to see that can only be done by faith and trust in Jesus and the Holy Spirit opening our eyes and our ears and changing our dull hearts but I think it's just so important in the culture that we live in that to just hear that from time to time. That it's not your performance at work, it's not your performance as a parent or whatever it is. It is who God says you are that is most important. So as he's in... <laughs> He's not rejecting his mom, mother, and his brothers, and they will actually believe. If you know the story, two of them will write letters in the New Testament, and you see his mother, or you see them, and, and they believe in Jesus. The Jesus that Matthew, from the beginning, has told us is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is what his father said at his baptism. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so God, seeing that interaction as an invitation into the family and then we can be like Jesus but why didn't you just tell everybody all the time? And be like I knew what I knew their hearts wouldn't believe anyway. Like they didn't do in Isaiah's time they wouldn't believe. They didn't want to believe. 
It's probably the same today. Like, Jesus, why don't you just convict my brother, my, my, my co-worker, my, like, I share, the, the, why don't you just make them believe? So like that maybe they want to. But we don't give up because God saved us and other people. And just like Kalim was saying, like praying for people, continue to pray for people that they have their eyes open, their ears softened, and that that we can can do that. That's why we're here to share those things because God has done it to us. And so we invite people become part of God's family. Stop living for your own kingdom. Come and live for the kingdom of heaven. And it's always encouraging to hear when people decide to put their faith and trust in Jesus. And then we pray that they'll continue to the end by God's grace. And then back to what Maya said in the beginning, and I think we all need encouragements with this. We need to share these stories. We need to continue to share what God's doing. Why? Because all the things crush us all the time. Like, I, like, even coming back to Denmark, starting to do work again, I was just like, and it's back to the N.T. Phillips version, that G, not Jesus, but that, that uh, lead. It's like the culture is trying to press us into its mold. But we have to cast it off and share the good news of Jesus instead. I forgot to show all the great quotes that I have, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> because I think we're about to just stop and say, praise the Lord that he's opened up our eyes and ears to hear. And if he hasn't, then pray that he will. Because if you're even sensitive to this spirit, to, to this message, the Lord is working in you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your kindness and grace towards us. And Lord, thank you for reminding us. Thank you for saving people around us. Thank you for sending amazing people here. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you that what people long to see long ago, you showed to your disciples and through your life, death, and resurrection, you showed us more perfectly who God is. You invite us to become part of your family. And Lord, we're thankful. We're so thankful that you change our hearts, you open our eyes, that we can see you. I ask you, help us to explode with joy. And like the prophet Jeremiah, that we cannot stop sharing. And that you keep us through it all. And Lord, I pray for the hearts that are either dull or just not wanting to follow you exactly. Will you do a miracle? And will you help us to encourage other people to see and lead us and guide us and may we walk in the good things you've said before us. We ask that. And Holy Spirit come fill us that we'll be able to do the things that you ask us to do. I ask that you help us to do it with great joy while we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're wondering about what I was going to share, you can have the slides, uh, I think, at some point. But let's stand up for the benediction.
from Hebrews 13, the last chapter. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through which... Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I should have put on my glasses. Uh, Don't run away. There's a famous meal today. Might not be very, it might not be the most gourmet ish, but it's, it's famous.